All right, everybody. Hi, welcome to Office Hours. Today is November 1st, and uh, welcome to our session today. We're going to talk about how to organize internal planning meetings, since that kind of seems to be the time of year, and not make them suck, which is a little bit more provocative of a title than I usually put on the Office Hour sessions. But uh, I'm kind of borrowing from one of our favorite authors, Cameron Harold, and his um, uh, meeting suck book, I guess, in, in that. But uh, Peter, why don't we start by telling everybody uh, what Office Hours is about, and then we'll welcome our guest today. Sure, Mike. Uh, Office Hours is a chance for uh, anyone to to uh, listen in and ask our guests uh, a live question uh, about planning or marketing or channel marketing or just really any topic. Um, our guests, I'm very excited to have Christine. She's one of our partners with Verge Marketing. And uh, Mike, why don't you tell a little bit about Christine? And uh, Christine, thank you so much for having us. Pleased to be here. Thanks. Yeah, and Christine is here, even though you can't see her if you're watching the, the video portion of this on Crowdcast. So sometimes the, the technical issues uh, prevent us from, from seeing her, but uh, she's there. So you can see the little video game character, I think, is the icon we use. But um, the reason we, we love working with Christine is that she's, um, got a great channel background. I think um, you know your time at Marketo and at PayPal and at Certain, and um, you know as well as your experience now as a consultant. Uh, you have the benefit of having walked in the shoes of channel uh, executives and leaders, and carrying out not only kind of the strategic planning section of of kind of the the yearly agenda, but also you know making the plans come to fruition. And then of course as a consultant, you're across a number of different companies and working with them to understand kind of what they're doing and how they're doing it and give them advice and recommendations. So um, that's why I thought this topic about planning meetings would be a really good one to cover with you today. So, so uh, and I did put Christine's uh, profile link there for LinkedIn. If people want to reach out, connect with Christine, learn more about her, you can certainly do so there. Great. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. So let's dive in and talk about planning meetings, right? This is the time of year if people are on kind of a calendar um, you're scheduled, they're looking at planning and organizing those internal sessions, whether people are doing fly-ins or virtual sessions. When you are helping organize these kind of planning meetings, you know, what are some of the things that you're thinking about and advising your clients or your teams to think about as they're planning these meetings with the goal of not making them suck, I guess. Right. <laughs> There's a couple things. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, I've helped a lot of companies do these, and I think the first thing is making sure you're really clear on your goals. Or what are you trying to do with this meeting? Um, you know, these, these vary a, a great deal. There's the very large meetings, which really aren't about planning as much as they're about information dissemination, and you take one kind of approach with those. Um, then there are the smaller team meetings uh, that are much more like working sessions, and uh, uh, those, uh, you take a different approach with that and having those much more, with, but with either one, making them really interactive is really, really helpful. Um, it's also really helpful to bring in a third party like I'm doing and do frequently um, for one of two or three reasons. I mean, the first thing is some of the specialized expertise. Um, but I think the thing in the planning meetings that is really, really helpful is getting that outside in kind of view, best practices, and a neutral perspective. 
if, especially if you're really tenured in your own company for a very long time, it's very easy to get a little bit ivory tower. Um, and this is the way we do things. And taking a look at what other companies are doing and really getting some uh, perspective on what some of those best practices are, and quite frankly, to the, the tone of your um, uh, uh, title of the, this uh, session, um, <laughs> what worst practices are and how to stay away from them. It's really helpful. Um, another thing, because we're talking about channel right now, um, very often these planning meetings aren't just internal, but they might be joint with a top partner. And it's very helpful to have a facilitator and uh, get some input um, from a neutral party. Um, you know, these are people you have to work with every day, right? The channel managers and the people in their, in their partner organization as well as the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So very often it's difficult to deliver not so pleasant news or, you know, this part is really broken. Um, so if you have a neutral uh, third party, uh, sometimes that conversation can be much more open. So those are, the, those are some of the kinds of things that we're thinking about. Yeah, so I think the challenging the status quo piece of it, you know, the whether you're bringing in a third party or whether you're doing that yourself, you know, Peter, when you think about organizing some of the planning meetings you've been a part of, and obviously you're sitting in a slightly different role than a lot of the people that we're talking about here. But um, what do you think, how do you think about challenging the status quo and, and some ideas for that? Well, it, it's interesting because I, I think the agenda building, I, I just think about our own planning exercise, the agenda building for this starts really weeks and months in advance. Um, as you're meeting with uh, your team or your, your constituents uh, in advance of that, planning session, those the, the roadblocks and the kinds of things that should be focused on sort of naturally, uh, I think, come, to, come together uh, and the agenda gets built in a way that, um, that it, I, I think is really constructive in that sense. In terms of challenging the status quo, I mean, I, couldn't, I, I have to agree with what Christine said in, in terms of the ivory tower mentality. And it's, it's not because people are naturally prima donnas. It's just that, you know, when you join a company, there's a certain way you start to think and other people in the company presumably think that way as well. And so uh, I, think, I think companies benefit from bringing in uh, fresh perspectives. Um, and I think of it also in terms of coaching. Even the very best athletes in the world have coaches. Michael Jordan always had coaches. Um, and, you know, and, a, and in a sense, an outside facilitator for a planning meeting is a coach, right? A, a really short-term uh, position, but the idea is that they bring in an outside perspective, and they can also, I think, um, I think orient people and focus them uh, throughout the mm -hmm. planning process. Yeah, now, that's Christine, awesome. let's sorry, let's go back to one of the things you were talking about because the the two different pieces of kind of planning or kind of different size sessions, you know, one to many, or you know, kind of the, the large group versus the smaller group. Maybe it's internal, or maybe it's with a partner, as you said. When you think about planning. And you're going to have, uh, let's say you have 25, 30 people in a room. Uh, how do you best run a session like that so that you're not doing death by PowerPoint? <laughs> um, you know, and I, I've seen actually this in my own career where, first off, some of the presenters end up getting burnt out and they burn a couple of weeks of time preparing slide decks that then, you know, an exec will hijack the whole session. They get one slide into it and then it goes off the rails because the, the exec has another topic on their mind. So, like... How do you make those fun? How do you make them interactive? How do you make them productive so that the team walks away saying, I got what I needed out of this big team workshop? Well, I think you, uh, you 
identified one of the issues right there is, and one of the methods really, is making it interactive. And uh, I have two words for that, sticky notes. <laughs> it's a, a great way to do this. Um, so there, there's a couple things. Um, first, you know, if, if you can get people to get up and move, okay, that's really helpful during the meeting. Um, oh, but I want to move back a little bit. One of the things that's really helpful for these kinds of things, if you can do pre-work. So having a homework assignment ahead of time where you have to think about the concepts and kind of get all that information gathering that just is really time consuming. And that's kind of what the death by PowerPoint thing often happens um, is, is getting all that pre-work done. So for example, with a client right now, I'm actually doing that uh, for all the people that cannot participate in the meeting, but it works. And then the people who are going to participate in the meeting, um, uh, they were given the pre-work assignment as well. So we're going to think about things like how do we achieve the goals that, um, uh, and what are the barriers to achieving the goals that we have in this organization? Are we measuring the right things? Um, do you have any out-of-the-box ideas? You know, that gives them an opportunity to think about it, um, talk to some of their partners um, for uh, campaigns and things like that that, that focus around um, those goals. So the pre-work is really helpful. Um, with the folks that aren't going to be uh, there at the meeting because of um, time zone constraints and geography and that sort of thing, um, we've taken really detailed transcripts of that mm -hmm. and then are going to group those into major topic areas. Um, because one of the things that you find is if it's a pain point for one person, it's probably a pain point across the board. There's probably more whether you know about it or not. So I think that's really helpful because it just shortcuts that part of the meeting. Well, and I think that, you know, the uh, where I've seen these meetings go wrong or people feel like they didn't get what they need is that the, in my kind of perfect view of the world, the way planning happens is that from an executive standpoint, the execs are telling you what we need to accomplish. Essentially, you know, what are the business outcomes we as an organization are trying to produce in the coming year, quarter, whatever it is. And then the planning meeting is really about how we're going to get that done as a team. Mm -hmm. Right? It's, you know, and so it's somewhat strategic, but it's, you know, it's getting more tactical as we go, right? Right. So that we don't have... Where I think these things go wrong, especially in the world of marketing, is when the executive team is too prescriptive about how things get done. Because you take creative people and you tell them how they need to do things, and then they sit there and say, well, I don't need to be creative, right? I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a mechanical Turk, right? Like, I'm just kind of hammering the plates as they come down the assembly line at that point. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. So... Um, so when we think about the smaller meeting, more mm -hmm. intimate session, mm -hmm. what's your, how do you change the approach there to, to get the most out of those sessions? Yeah, so um, let's go back to the sticky note kind of thing. I mean, one of the things that we often will do is hand everybody a pile of them and say, okay, uh, now the, uh, the purview is really, really wide. So on each sticky note, you know, put a, an idea, a concept of how we get to that larger goal. And you are going to, as the participant, are going to help do that translation of how we do these things um, and yep. share ideas. And it's one of the things that's great about doing these individually like this, and then um, uh, after you're done with that, putting them up on the, on the board and then kind of prioritizing and that kind of thing, is um, there isn't the, uh, how, you don't get groupthink as much. Like, 
Um, uh, it allows even the people who are not necessarily as vocal to get their voice heard and get their ideas up there. Because if you just do this verbally and then have a facilitator write down all the uh, ideas, what tends to happen is you get a little bit of groupthink, the loudest voice in the room is heard, um, and it doesn't stimulate as much kind of creativity. So that's one of the things. Yeah, on, on that note, one of the things that we've done um, at Averitech just uh, you know, just for meetings in general, or I think we try to do is you when you go around the room or you're opening the floor, you you start with the least vocal person first and ask them what they think, or hierarchically the lowest person on the totem pole first. Um, because if the leadership team speaks first or the highest titled person in the room speaks first, it tends to be that people follow what they say or echo what they say around the room. Yep. And yep. they're not even necessarily doing it because they're trying to earn points. It's just a, it's just something behavioral, it seems like. So if you start with the quietest person or you start with the person who is, um, like I said, at a lower level first, then you start to get a diversity of opinions and thoughts. That's a great idea. Um, that's, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, the other thing you can do if it's a, a 25 to 30 person group, um, you can certainly break things into, if you need some problem-solving types of things in the in the session, um, breaking into smaller groups and then having um, some uh, discussion, a specific, very tactical um, or discrete problem to solve, and then having a representative speak and show the room. that And that scales up. That goes from anything from about a 20-person group to you can do that with hundreds for sure. Um, so that's that's really useful. PayPal has employed that very, very effectively. Um, they have a, uh, I think it's a quarterly leadership meeting that has, frankly, it's got hundreds of people at this point in time, but they do a lot of these kinds of things. And it's very, very helpful. Um, and it really gets some ideas and, and buy-in and people really internalize the information that way. You know, I think the other way that um, uh, information can be internalized and you can kind of get a pulse on the audience as well. Uh, and this works for larger groups, um, but you can do it informally with smaller groups is polling during the, uh, if, you, if you have information that you need to disseminate, um, you know, taking opinion polls on what do you think about this, what do you think about that, or estimate, you know, it, it's a multiple choice question kind of thing, um, and, and doing that. And uh, I know Oracle does that very regularly with their larger meetings. I know that eBay does that regularly with their larger meetings as well. It's a very, very effective technique. So, Christine, what do you think the role of laptops and cell phones is in a meeting like this? <laughs> um, well, it could be like the SAT test where you check them on your way into the door and then you get to pick it up on the way out. Um, it's a little bit challenging. I mean, like those polling things, they're usually a dedicated device. You can do that on your cell phone. Um, you know, for a large meeting, one of the ways you guarantee things work pretty well is you, you know, you have lousy Wi-Fi and, you know, people just give up. Um, but I, I like to see the laptops and the cell phones, you know, closed and go away and that kind of thing. Now, that being said, um, I'm using a technique with this next um, planning session that I'm doing that I'm, I'm really hopeful about, and I've heard really great reports. I'm providing all the participants with um, an adult coloring book and uh, some colored pencils. Now, <laughs> now, I'm getting an interesting look from Mike, but the whole idea, there's been brain research that has shown us that um, 
if what you're trying to do is generate ideas and you but you've got a lot of people have to look at things um, kind of distracting the active part of your mind that wants to check the email and that kind of thing with something um, that's fairly repetitive um, gets better results so we're gonna see how it goes I'm excited about it I've, I've uh, heard the research and it, it's very positive <laughs> many famous people by well, the way really brilliant thinkers are doodlers there you I, go I, that's Bill Gates was a famous doodler uh, this, this is basically yeah doodling versus yeah doodling is one thing but I think this is a new uh, I want to say a high or a low or a new you know whatever <laughs> to actually hand out I mean there's a lot that's been said and written about the millennials and the workforce and kind of that so um, but you know handing out coloring books as part of a meeting it it'll be interesting yeah I don't know what you know that. But uh, I think, you know, there, there's kind of how you, how you express creativity in different venues. And in a planning meeting, um, you know, I think that's part of what you want to capture is you want people to participate, be active, be imaginative. Uh, I know when I've participated in, and also led these kind of meetings in the past, I want those ideas and I want people to come into the process and open themselves essentially not put limits on their thinking and the possibilities because that's immediately what happens, especially when you start figuring out, okay, because the, the goals are always more intense than they were the year before. Yep. They're never going to go down. And you never say, oh, and we've got such an abundance of resources to get this done, this is going to be easy. So it's always figuring out how are we going to get stuff done. And then to the point earlier about kind of the ivory tower thinking and that stuff is people start to think in a very limited way, well, we can't do that because, and then they start listing the, the conditions that prevent them. So I think freeing things up certainly is a good 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 opportunity and, and kind of create some possibilities. But um, yeah, so let's um, let's move along a little bit here. So let's maybe end on kind of a fun note. How do you inject some fun into these other than the coloring books? <laughs> how do you inject some some fun into these sessions, Christine? Yeah, I think um, there's a couple of things. Um, I think the coloring book kind of thing or some kind of structured play with it. Um, uh, you know, whether it's coloring books or whether it's fidget spinners or, or something else, um, you know, I think that's a great thing. Um, I think another thing is to gamify a little bit. So if there's something that there is a contest, um, you know, more than just a door prize, um, that's always fun. Uh, this is the role of company swag too, you know, I mean, that's always, mm. that's always cool. Um, uh, I worked with another product manager who, when he had to present information, did a fabulous job of creating a bingo game um, to make sure that the information was internalized, and it was really, really great. And then, of course, there's the spontaneous ask a question, and, you know, first person that answers it correctly, a throw a piece of candy at them. Um, you know, tried and true, inexpensive, but you can just wing it that way. You don't have to do a lot of planning and um, preparation. I mean, one of the challenges with these... Um, uh, planning sessions is which you identified earlier is you have folks burning a couple weeks working on decks right and then you make it through them and you may not and it often feels like a waste of time so um, mm -hmm. that's something that's really easy to do well I think it kills the organic nature of it too yeah I think that when 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 we do something like this and what we've seen work really well is you have three or four maybe five kind of key slides but they're more topic slides and from there you have, you know, the facilitator should have an agenda, and we, we got to know where we're trying to end up, but having a 20-slide deck, you know, ends up, you know, it essentially architects the entire meeting, which is sort of avoids the, or it, 
it I think defies the notion of having everybody in the room. You have to imagine that everybody in that room put a $50 bill in their hand and for every hour they're sitting in there, it's $50 times that. Because, <laughs> you know, if you just figure out your sort of average loaded rate, you know, it's going to be somewhere around that. And that's a lot of money to spend for any company in a planning meeting. So everybody needs to know their role and participate and, you know, foster useful communication and, you know, and, and do all of, all of the, those things, but if you have a 20, 25 slide deck, it's it's just gonna eliminate that. Yep, yep, I completely agree. Yeah, and I think one one way to not make these meetings suck too, that um, you talked about uh, kind of quizzing and the candy and that thing, and it reminded me of something different than the example that you're giving. I once went to a planning meeting where uh, one of the executives stood up and kind of quizzed the entire organization about uh, priorities or something. They were kind of quizzing them about it, and just they thought that everybody would know this stuff and they thought it would be a fun interactive way to get things going but people didn't know the answers <gasps> and it turned into a real disaster and this was at the start of like a multi-day meeting and so what should have been kind of fun and uplifting based on this exact point of view of what they thought they were going to do turned into a stump the chump episode where people started this meeting feeling bad about themselves about the business, about what was happening. And so I think that it always has to be kind of through the context or the lens of the audience, right? Like, how are the people going to, you know, never assume that everybody's paying attention to whatever you're doing as much as you are. Give them the benefit of the doubt, recap it, you know, however you kind of portray it. But I just think that, you know, thinking about those things that go wrong, you know, obviously help us think, okay, well, how would we make this go better in the future and, and kind of take that, you know, a different direction. But, um, all right, we are almost out of time, but let's do a couple of quick hits. You know, you are a busy gal, you're on the road, you're seeing clients. Uh, what are some tools or tricks or things that you like to use to help yourself stay organized or, or apps or those kind of things, Christine? Got it. Well, I've got um, a couple that I really like um, that I use constantly. And one of them is the Calendly app, uh, which allows other, in, you know how when you're trying to schedule a meeting, there's often a lot of email back and forth, that kind of thing. Um, this just includes the yep. link with the Chrome extension, so it integrates with my uh, Google Calendar, and I love it, love it, love it. It's been really, really helpful in just shortcutting the administrative part of engaging with your clients and your coworkers and that sort of thing. So that's great. The second thing is Task World, um, which is a project management tool. A lot of marketers use it, and it's just superb. It's another subscription-based um, uh, uh, application, and uh, the. You know, there are other ones as well. I've used Asana and I've used Basecamp, but I really, really like Taskworld because um, very often we have repeatable types of projects, and so you can actually copy um, the entire uh, task setup, um, change the names to protect the guilty or innocent, and, you know, mm. replicate it really well. So it really provides scale. Love it. Mm. So it's like yeah, I'm just looking at their website. Like a recipe builder, basically. Yeah. It, you, you can use it like that. You don't have to, but you can. You can also record the time. Um, so if you're in a consulting type of business, you get uh, all the team members can record uh, lapse time while they're working on a project, um, and that rolls up really well. So it really takes a lot of manual tasks and automates them. Yeah, I'm just. I put the links in the uh, sidebar here if uh, if folks want to check those out for both of the tools that you recommended. But I like the Task World has a really nice clean interface and, and nice use of color. I think to to emphasize priorities. So that's good. Um, now, in terms of learning, Christine, you know, again, you're you're busy, you're moving, you're grooving, and all that kind of stuff. 
how do you keep yourself sharp? How do you stay up on what's happening and, and be a good uh, teacher to your clients? You know, that's obviously kind of consuming information has got to be part of your, your uh, life as well there. Right. Um, you know, I read a lot of blogs, a lot, a lot of blogs. Um, for marketers, one of the blogs that I recommend more than anybody else is HubSpot. HubSpot, even if you're not using their product, they have so much great content. It's really terrific. And then um, they often, and, and many blogs, you know, they're, they're linked to other things. So I kind of follow the trail. And one of the mm -hmm. things that um, at least inspired me for this particular planning session that I'm doing uh, is a book that I tripped over. And um, it's called Game Storming. And it's mm -hmm. really uh, what are these, how do you gamify things? How do you get more expansive thinking? How do you get ideas going? Um, and they have a website as well. It's um, from O'Reilly Media, I believe. Um, but mm -hmm. it's www.gamestorming.com. Yep. So very cool. Very, very cool. Looks like they have some good blog content and videos and things as well as the book there. So that's that's good. We'll check that out. Good. Well, I'm sorry we weren't able to see you uh, in the, the uh, session today for office hours, but I think you've shared some great advice and recommendations. And certainly as people are planning their, their uh, internal planning, external planning, partner planning sessions, I think we owe it to our participants that we're leading in these exercises or if you're a participant and someone else is organizing to try to make these things not suck, try to energize people, try to help remove obstacles, uh, whether those are mental or physical, and try to help people really make the most out of their time together uh, for these planning sessions. So thank you, Christine, for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Peter, as well, for your examples and, and your, your point of view here, too. And thank you, Hillary King, for watching Office Hours, and, uh, and we're so glad that you're finding it useful. Really appreciate you uh, tuning in. Absolutely. Thank you for the feedback there. And All right, wanna, gang. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, and if you do want to see a picture of me, you can go to Verge Marketing's website, and that's uh, vergemarketing.agency. Yep, great. We'll drop a link to that into the chat here as well. Uh, and again, if you do want to reach out to Christine, her link on LinkedIn is in the, uh, in the chat window here as well. So feel free to reach out, say hello, or let her know what you think, or if you need some help with a workshop or a planning meeting, uh, you know who to call. So great. Well, thanks for your time, everybody, today. Thanks, Christine and Peter, and we'll see you guys next time in the office. Thank, Thank you, you, Christine.